Welcome to BIV Today. I'm Tyler Orton. Now, non-fungible tokens, or NFTs, they've exploded over the past few months as people have looked to digitize ownership over everything ranging from art to sports highlights. And joining us today to grow to delve into the growing demand for NFTs is Chris Constable. He is CEO of CoinOS Financial Corporation. His North Vancouver company is known for its forays into Bitcoin, which I think is very relevant here, and you'll, you'll understand why in a few moments. Before we get into that, uh, Chris, I just want to thank you for joining us on the show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Tyler. I appreciate the opportunity. So I think maybe a lot of listeners, they're likely still wondering how exactly NFTs work. Can can you kind of break it down for us the same way that maybe you would for a a kid in kindergarten right now? Uh, Sure. So most of the cryptocurrency slash blockchain technologies we've heard of have been Uh, assets that are called fungible tokens. And so fungibility is just the ability to trade two equal ones and trade them the same. So for example, a loony, if you have a loony and I have a loony, we can trade those and we trust that that they're going to be worth the equivalent, just like tennis balls are fungible, that I can give you a tennis ball, you can give me one, and they're generally the same. So the idea of a non-fungible asset is something that's completely different. So the case example that we're mostly still talking about is art but there's a lot of other categories where uniqueness comes into play. And so that's non-fungibility. And so the idea of an NFT is taking that uh, non-fungible asset and tokenizing it. And by tokenizing it, we put it on the blockchain. And the blockchain only really means a couple of things. Most notably, I would say is that, uh, well, two things. One is it makes it immutable. And I don't know why we're using all these big words like fungibility and immutability, but immutability just means it can never be edited or deleted. And so from a you know technical purist perspective, the idea is if I give you a piece of art and say this is a Picasso or a Dolly, you don't really know if it's a fake or a print. Uh, and so the benefit of an NFT is that you can actually validate the provenance or the originator of that item. And so this is one of the unique capabilities of having something that's a token that's immutable on a blockchain is there's never a debate uh, of things like the provenance or where it came from. So that's one of the really exciting things that NFTs have uh, been able to create. One of the other quick examples also in the art world is you can add like a royalty clause to it. So I can take a piece of art, put it on an NFT, and then say, I want 10% in perpetuity, which means every time that art piece sells, even in 20 years from now, because it's on a blockchain that's publicly accessible, no one can secretly kind of sell it And so even if it sells in 20 years, I can still get a 10% commission or whatever amount I set. So these are a couple of the unique properties of uh, NFTs in general. And again, we've only talked about art, but as a, you know, one other quick story would be around like uh, supply chain, for example, uh, from a business perspective is imagine, um, uh, you know, there's lots of supply chain examples, but let's just say, let's just say I I give a hundred dollars to, you know, someone in Africa. How do I know that that money went there? And it didn't like kind of fall into other hands partly along the way. And so by being on this immutable blockchain, that asset, I can prove every piece went to a specific place. So this idea of it being immutable, you can never edit it or delete it. And then it's always there on public display for the rest of history is uh, one of the exciting opportunities that NFT provides. 
Well, I'm also curious just about how it has kind of exploded in interest just in the last few months, because obviously blockchain has existed for more than a decade and then is really kind of the cryptocurrency play that got a lot of people's attention. And uh, what is it about NFTs? You know, they have they are a bit more of a recent creation, but what is it just in the last couple months that have kind of brought them to the forefront uh, that they are experiencing right now? Yeah, I think, again, I think it's the change that most of the hype around cryptocurrency in general has been around uh, fungible items, which are tokens that we kind of invest in with the hope that they become more valuable. You know, it's like what we call like a, you know, uh, item of storage or like treating it like gold where we kind of hoard these tokens. But they're again, they're all fungible where, you know, again, one Ethereum or one Bitcoin is the same for you as it is for me. And that's how we've been treating most of crypto for the last decade. But what's changed really this year is the idea of the non-fungible, a unique asset and putting it on the blockchain. This has kind of opened the doors. And again, the sky is really the limit in this new category where we're still talking about it mostly in art and playing cards, these kind of things. But I think as we progress and think about other use cases of NFTs, that space is just quickly blowing up as new entrepreneurial minds think of use cases where they could use an NFT for their business. So you know, I had a call yesterday with a, a publicly traded exotic car leasing company, and they want to, uh, instead of you know, trading in cash, they want to make sure that they're more compliant with like and making sure that it's, you know, above board customers. So we also do this separate thing called KYC and AML. But the, what my point is, is that you can now attach, you know, your leased Ferrari um, as an NFT. And not only is it proof that the lease is happening, you can attach other things to that smart contract, such as a video of you driving it, or you can even make, you know, like a keychain or playable items with your Ferrari. There's like, again, it's just thinking outside the box in terms of this brand new technology. It's going to be whether or not the, the art specific area is the main focus in two years. I'm not necessarily convinced, but the uh, perpetual use cases of NFTs in the business community in the next five to 10 years is going to be very innovative and, and, uh, and it's currently still exploding with opportunity. So uh, perhaps in a few years, if you get pulled over, the cops will ask you for your uh, license and NFT if uh, you've got like your, uh, your uh, Ferrari that uh, you don't want to get uh, locked in <laughs> to the tow yard, right? Yeah, you'll be able to show yeah proof of ownership. And again, you can see like, you know, does it matter? You know, in the Ferrari example, it's like, do I, some people would care. I, I'm speculating. I'm not in this space, but in the exotic car realm, I would imagine saying that like, you know, this celebrity owned my Ferrari before me wouldn't just be gossip anymore. I could actually show that it was like such and such celebrity owned it before me uh, because it's again, it's on the immutable blockchain. So there's, you know, some people would provide, feel like there's a lot of value in that, I think. So the other thing that I can't help but uh, notice here is a lot of these like mega valuations are going to companies that are you know kind of developing this technology. It, it, it's fascinating because I, if I'm hearing you correctly, a lot of it is kind of investors anticipating that there are going to be a lot of new use cases for what's already been developed. Do, do you uh, what do you think of kind of these mega valuations that we've seen pop up just in the last few months? Yeah, I mean I. It's hard to like speculate on valuations. There's like 
different business models that have been created, like here in BC, there's like the VCC, Venture Capital Corporation, there's SPACs, there's all kinds of like just Wild West in the investing realm itself right now in the last year or two. So, you know, speaking to kind of hype is kind of uh, not my expertise, but I would say, uh, you know, again, I think, you know, we're really bullish at my company with NFTs in general. We've built kind of the, the white label solution for this space because instead of predicting that, like, say, art is the winner, uh, we just built the underlying technology that people, you know, we're a white label service. So people have never even heard of us, but we have, you know, two very kind of notable clients already. And, um, and, and so that it can, we can be adopted by any type of future use case. And so I think that's obviously, I think that's, that's where we're, we're positioned to think that is the smart play is I'm agnostic to what the use cases are, but they are going to have an impact, you know, in terms of say, you know, journalism, for example, it's like, you can validate that that was really me on this podcast, whereas we are quickly entering an era with artificial intelligence and what we call deep fakes, that this can be my simulated voice. How do you know that this is really Chris and not like a, a robot speaking? So it sounds silly right now, but this kind of thing is going to be very notable in the future. Just like if a viral video comes out, um, Imagine that I can quickly put it on an immutable blockchain and say that that video is owned by me and I want 8% royalties by any media that uses it. This kind of, again, I'm just like, there's so many opportunities for this NFT space that is outside of the traditional marketplace. So when you say like, when you think about the valuations, anybody, if you've got, you know, a smart team of people working on a platform in NFTs, it's probably not going to end up where it starts but there's going to be, uh, you know, sky is the limit in terms of use cases. Do you think it'd be accurate uh, to say that in your case, in your company's case, CoinOS, uh, if there's a gold rush going on, you figure best to kind of sell the picks and shovels in this situation? We are, yeah, I mean, we're the like, we're literally the, I think the only, I don't know right now, I, I think we're the only white label NFT marketplace, at least using the technology stack we are. So all of the NFT marketplaces or majority of them are using what's called Ethereum, which is a, you know, a smart contract based platform. And Ethereum is so busy just in general, but with NFTs, and then Ethereum is also tackling the, this new other hot space called DeFi or decentralized finance. Between those things, like the gas fees or the transaction fees on Ethereum are like outrageously high. It's uh, if you're going to mint a piece of art to put on the blockchain as an NFT right now using Ethereum, when we tried a couple of weeks ago in a demo, it was like between $50 and $100 US per piece of art. So if you're a struggling artist, that's quite cost prohibitive to you know put up 10 pieces of art, for example. And so what's unique with you know the service that we built is we built one using Liquid. And so Liquid is a technology that is layer two Bitcoin. So we're technically a Bitcoin uh, technology. We're not using Ethereum or any of these new ones. We're just simply Bitcoin with Liquid. But the benefit of liquid, it means you can put assets on the Bitcoin blockchain. And to give you an, an idea of the power of that, our assets to mint so far in the past two weeks on the two platforms that are using us are, I think it's about three cents to mint a piece of art. So when all of our competition is costing $50 plus US per piece of art, and we're under three cents, we're literally three orders of magnitude cheaper. And so, you know, I've never spent a week uh, like last week on the phone with, you know, celebrities. Our team is just, you know, dealing with like NFL football players. Like, I don't, you know, I'm not going to start name dropping, but it's just crazy overwhelming. The, all the big brands that catch have caught on already what we've innovated here. 
not only are we a white label, but we're using liquid, which just changes the game in terms of the NFT space. Literally, it's not even we're not even comparable to anything else out there. So we're just really excited to make it cost effective and affordable, easy and fast for brands to build their own NFT marketplace that their competition can't even try to keep up with. So we've talked a lot about the benefits of this, though, but there mm-hmm. are um, some concerns, especially when it comes to the environmental costs. You know, uh, you know, pursuing this, uh, the NFTs, cryptocurrencies in general, like it takes an incredible amount of energy. Like, do you think that there's going to be a point where we can kind of a- address that issue, find a way to make this more environmentally, uh, you know, safe for you know, kind of and sustainable moving forward? I think that the biggest problem that anybody who's talked about the energy usage is just repeating what they've heard and not actually tried to understand where the issues actually lie. So there's two really important factors here. The first one is what are you comparing against? Like, for example, just if you go at like, you know, one of the biggest, you know, arguable power consumer arguments is around Bitcoin, for example, uh, or what we call proof of stake, where you're doing this mining. Well, are you comparing, what are you comparing against? Like mining gold? Has anybody, like, are you doing a comparative analysis of what it takes to maintain the U.S. dollar? I mean, what are we actually comparing against? So if we're going to be fair and pick on the power usage and and continue with this toxic narrative around power usage, first of all, it's very important to say what you're comparing it against. Because, you know, Bitcoin is better than the power usage of anything that people would generally compare it against is the first point. But the second one is that there's already been layer two technologies sitting on top of it. So, for example, at CoinOS, we integrated Lightning Network, which is to to solve this power problem. We saw it years ago, integrated Lightning Network. I think it was 2019 we integrated it. So for two, year, <coughs> two years, we're using Lightning Network. This is technically what we call off-chain uh, running or side channels. It's running its own independent channels. So the power usage for using CoinOS, I can send you $100,000 right now worth of Bitcoin in under a second. And the power usage is just your computer, my computer, and the internet between us. So this notion that like it costs so much to do this, again, anybody who's still sharing that narrative hasn't paid attention to the cryptocurrency space in the last two years. We're playing on the hype of like, you know, I, you know, there's a popular celebrity who tweeted a couple of weeks ago about Bitcoin's power usage, and this just keeps propagating. People just keep repeating the problem, but it just shows that he's not even really paying attention to the space. But anybody who's really under the hood, paying attention to, you know, to what's actually happening. Again, Lightning Network, in the case of Bitcoin, has been around, um, you know, for years. So this is not like a, a problem that we're still working to solve. There's still going to be lots of opportunities, say, in pure Bitcoin layer one. Uh, you know, in terms of sustainable uh, mining operations, and that's going to keep moving forward. But again, I want to hear somebody tell me what they think it costs to maintain the power of the U.S. dollar or mining uh, gold or whatever they think is a better thing. Uh, It's actually going to be way worse in terms of power usage. So I think we just need to make sure we're playing fair in the criticisms. Just a couple points, though. I mean, the the transaction might not take an immense amount of energy, but the creation of, say, cryptocurrencies, that that objectively does take a lot of energy and that, that does have environmental impacts. I think that is one of the concerns moving yep. forward. So, you know. so, so, so when you say cryptocurrencies in general, there are thousands of them and they all have different models of operating. And so you're probably talking about what's called proof of stake. And so um, there are a lot of, there's, you know, the two big ones is proof of stake and proof of work. 
there are literally dozens, if not hundreds of other models that cryptocurrencies are using. And so you're only talking about the one specific original model, which is already also being worked on in terms of renewable energy sources to power it. Um, I think you may have seen this week that the, um, that the president of El Salvador just said that they're looking at using geothermal from a volcano for mining down there now. Like this is not, again, a new problem. It's been, been worked on for years in the actual mining, cryptocurrency mining spaces that are doing proof of stake still. But I don't think proof of stake is a long-term story. And again, this is like, there's already companies moving away for it or having moved to alternative solutions. So it's a very narrow lane of cryptocurrencies that are using proof of stake that are not on renewable energy sources. This is, again, has been being worked on for years. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty small lane where that concern actually exists. Well, if we take it back to the beginning um, mm -hmm. with NFTs in general, though, you know, you, you mentioned some of the applications that are proving very popular, whether it's digital yeah. arts um, beyond, say, the supply chain uh, play, you know, like what are some mm -hmm. of the things that maybe we could be paying a little bit more attention to or, or things that, you know, you think that uh, is going to be kind of interesting moving down the road in the next few months or few years? Well, so it's. You know, it's fun, again, being at the platform level, right, or in the like the shovel analogy of the gold rush, because, again, we're agnostic. We can do anything. And so one of the um, organizations that reached out to us in the last week, which I had never heard of, is the uh, the airplane parts space is apparently interested in this. And I don't know enough yet about the supply chain problems, but apparently logistics is an issue. And so they're like, can we tie this to, you know, your uh, create our own internal NFT marketplace using your platform? And I was like, Yes, we can easily do the analog to digital asset conversion for NFTs. And so this is a, you know, I would have never guessed airplane parts as one of our first potential 10 big clients, but here we are. So you just never know as people kind of understand the ability to, again, track the provenance of items and provenance, meaning the uh, where it started to where it's going on supply chain. This is anybody who's got supply chain logistics um, pain points. Uh, it's worth kind of having a conversation to say, oh, like, how can blockchain help here? And so it's really, again, and the other example I just gave was around like, you know, like social media verification that you took this video. Like these are just two quick ones that have popped up in my radar in the last week. But I, this is just going to keep going as people understand what the technology provides, where else it can be applicable in your life is going to just that is undoubtedly going to keep growing and it's going to become more and more ubiquitous. Uh, one of the fun things, actually, I would say for me right now is around the idea of assets in games and virtual worlds. So I can use an open source software right now. There's one called Blender.org. It's free to download, whatever. I can go and use it and create a 3D, I don't know, sword, for example. It's going to be very quickly where I can take my 3D sword I built and drew and put it in as an NFT and then bring it into my video game. So I'm playing a game. I can now use the sword I made in software. And because it's an NFT, it's going to be very soon that that asset can be brought into another game. Or then I'm going to go into my virtual world, you know, with my headset on later tonight, and I can bring that same sword, that same NFT, cross-platform, cross-game. This is going to be happening very, very quickly. And so to me, that's super exciting. Also in the gaming space, the one that I'm really keen on trying to help is... There's this really cool blockchain NFT game called uh, Axie Infinity. 
And there's a really good story out there about this uh, town in the Philippines that some guys were playing the game, realizing they can actually earn cryptocurrency from playing the game. And now apparently the entire town is disrupted because it's, you know, when you when you actually earn cryptocurrency, you can convert it for U.S. dollars. It can actually make money in what we call the global south or in the developing nation world. And so this is really exciting. The only problem with that game is it's, again, using Ethereum technology where it's very expensive to mint an an NFT to play in the game, like at $50 US, if you need three characters, that's 150 US to play. So I'm really eager to find like, say, a, you know, what we call a play to earn game, which is where you can actually earn real crypto slash real money. Um, I'd love to find a play to earn game that wants to uh, participate in this in the liquid network NFT space, where it's only pennies. So it can be really disruptive in the, um, you know, in the in the global south, which to me is a, you know, a real good feel-good story example of where NFTs are going to go. Well, Chris, I have a hunch that we'll be talking more about NFTs in the future. It's just exploding as it is right now this year. It will only go further uh, moving forward. In the meantime, I just want to thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Yeah, thanks again, Tyler. really appreciate the opportunity. That is Chris Constable. He is CEO of CoinOS Financial Corporation, and that is it for the show today. But we'll be back. In the meantime, you can go to BIV.com. You can find more stories, more interviews there. I just want to thank everyone for listening. For now, I'm Tyler Orton.